Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, the latest poultry nutrition research digested for you. We want to thank the innovative companies and products whose support and trust make this podcast possible. Cargill works with poultry producers to drive customer profitability by being a leader in applied nutrition. BASF provides sustainable, high-performing ingredients that enhance the quality and productivity of your poultry feed. Anatox, partnering with the world's food producers to develop and deliver innovative programs to efficiently produce safer food. Carry, proven on the farm, trusted on the plate. Carry is where technology is made. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Poultry Nutrition Black Belt Podcast, where we cover the latest in poultry nutrition research and industry trends within 10 minutes or less. My name is Sam Rochel. I am an Associate Professor of Poultry Nutrition in the Department of Poultry Science at Auburn University. And while I generally co-host this uh, podcast with a, an expert in a particular field, uh, today I'm going to provide a solo take on a specific topic. And that topic for today is going to be dietary energy. So dietary energy... Is a, is a key driver of cost and performance of, of all types of poultry. And we, we've thought about the dietary energy for a long time, yet we still have a lot of unanswered questions and a lot of uncertainties and inconsistencies uh, in the literature around how we evaluate and assess dietary energy. So I'm going to talk about energy uh, in the context uh, or in a simple context of how we formulate feeds, which starts with what our animal needs in the terms of the nutrient energy concentration in the diet, uh, what ingredients we have available to provide that nutrient or energy, and then how much nutrients and energy within the ingredient uh, that we combine uh, to, to formulate a complete diet to meet those, those needs. And so for the first topic, uh, the first point of how much do our animals need, I think people are becoming, uh, it's becoming more accepted that modern broilers don't respond to energy uh, to the same magnitude and extent of, of previous uh, decades. Um, we, as we've seen the modern broiler uh, be selected to respond uh, very well and sensitively around digestible amino acid content, uh, we don't see as much of a response to dietary energy, again, as, as the classic literature showed for other types of poultry. In our own lab, uh, we've run recent experiments uh, in the past couple of years, titrating energy, um, not necessarily to get a break point, but just to look at general responses around uh, the levels that would be reasonable and practical formulation. And we're generally seeing around a, a, a 30 kcal per kilogram uh, need for each change in feed convert, each one point change in feed conversion. Again, uh, those, those values may vary a little bit, but that's what we see in general. However, even when we feed lower energy, higher fiber diets to create a low energy diet, we still see performance that often uh, meets or exceeds the, the breeder performance objectives. So even though we are getting some responses in energy, uh, we still see very good performance even on lower energy diets. Uh, and so that leads us to the second topic of energy supply. Uh, obviously, uh, energy is primarily supplied by our cereal grains are going to be the most uh, concentrated uh, sources along with the dietary fats, uh, which have that, the highest concentration of energy. Uh, but we also have a lot of energy that come in from our protein ingredients. For example, in a typical uh, corn soy diet in the U.S., uh, around 25 or 20 percent maybe of the, the dietary energy is going to be coming from soybean milk. And we have a very dynamic situation when we talk about uh, energy ingredients in the U.S. as we see a big demand uh, in feedstocks uh, for 
uh, renewable diesel and sustainable aviation fuel. So we see a lot of our, our general, uh, our, our traditional fat sources being diverted uh, into these alternative uses. And so that's uh, really increased the price of fat and has renewed interest in, in alternative sources of, of fats and oils uh, that we haven't really emphasized so much uh, here in the U.S., uh, it also brings importance in evaluating uh, dietary energy uh, very accurately. And so uh, we'll talk a bit more about that. And so that leads us to our third point of how we evaluate the energy content uh, of individual ingredients as they're going to uh, contribute to the complete diet. And so generally across the world, we're still using the uh, system of apparent metabolizable energy, often corrected for nitrogen. Uh, we call it apparent because we're not a correcting for the endogenous energy losses, uh, which we know do occur. So we do the nitrogen correction because we assume that the protein uh, tissue will ultimately oxidize the nitrogen excreted as uric acid, which has an energy cost. And so that energy value is added back to the excreter, which lowers the energy value of an AME value compared with the uncorrected AME value. And so obviously this penalizes a bit uh, high protein ingredients and, and uh, birds that are under a higher state of protein accretion. And so that kind of begs the question of, is this valid for modern broilers uh, that we're feeding in the field compared with other types of poultry where um, this may be less relevant, such as a mature uh, legged rooster. An alternative uh, to this is to do, a, say, a 50 or 60 percent nitrogen correction. Uh, this was introduced, I believe, by Dr. Leeson. He, uh, his group had a series of nice papers in the early 2000s where they lay out the AME versus AMEN uh, very well in both the responses of the birds and how you formulate diets and the implications that, that has on diet costs and performance. So I would point you to, to those papers uh, to learn more on this topic. Uh, so nitrogen correction, I think, is a is an interesting topic and, and probably one of the uh, things that we'll be looking at as a research community as we look to uh, better standardize our energy values. And then uh, obviously the hot topic is net energy, which would be even more accurate. Um, and certainly when we think about the, the context that, uh, you know, metabolizable energy is around 77% of the gross energy. And, and then uh, ME is around 75% of the metabolizable energy, um, then it, it becomes clear that, that net energy probably gives us or certainly does give us a more uh, accurate estimate. Uh, the issue is to get the net energy values, we have to uh, calculate the heat increment to account for that. And that can be technically uh, complex. And there's only a couple of labs in the world who are, are working on this. Uh, you have the, the group at uh, University of New England in Australia. And then my former uh, colleague, Dr. Craig Kuhn at the University of Arkansas, who are, are working on this. And because of the complexity, it, it becomes a bit uh, impractical to evaluate every ingredient as uh, routinely as we do for metabolizable energy. Uh, however, the goal is to develop uh, prediction equations that can then be applied to different ingredients. And uh, there was a nice uh, net energy symposium uh, this past summer at PSA. A lot of great talk from some of these people I've already mentioned. Um, on the application and, and, and the basis of net energy, I think that that made a very uh, compelling story for the audience. And uh, I think one of the, the, the better explanations of this in a practical sense uh, was Dr. Parai uh, Trichana from CP Group, um, who gave a very nice presentation around uh, 
defining the net energy value of a number of different ingredients by uh, varying in chemical composition and then how they use those values to formulate diets and look at the economical impacts um, and, and the performance of the bird. And I think made a very nice uh, story in a practical uh, setting for net energy. So, uh, we'll, we'll soon know uh, what the, the net energy uh, or the fate of net energy is, but I certainly do think theoretically and, and agree that it is a big improvement over our current AME systems. In all of these uh, assays, we have to think about how we include the ingredient into the diet. Uh, so to formulate, we need single ingredient values, uh, not just a complete diet. And that can get complex because uh, when we include the ingredient at a low level, we can balance the diet very well. But then when we calculate the energy coming from that particular ingredient out of the whole diet, the variability is quite high because it's producing a low uh, con or contributing a low proportion of the overall energy of the diet. With science-led solutions that are sustainable, proven, and effective, BASF helps you tackle the challenges of poultry nutrition. We offer high-quality feed ingredients that enable a more sustainable production and help you achieve your animal performance targets. We call it the science of sustainable feed that succeeds. If we increase the, the energy uh, or increase the inclusion of the ingredient, then we reduce that error, but then it becomes harder to balance the diet and ensure that the bird is in somewhat normal state of, of in overall energy utilization. This is obviously the beauty uh, or one of the beauties of the uh, precision fed rooster assay where you can feed uh, the single ingredient and avoid all of these potentially confounding issues. Uh, however, uh, single ingredients don't work when we're doing an ad libitum feeding uh, for broilers, obviously. So uh, very complex uh, and all of these issues, um, again, uh, just to summarize, I think uh, we, we still have a lot to learn despite energy being a, a key uh, concept that nutritionists have focused on for decades and decades ever since we've been formulating uh, to, to more precision and thinking about individual ingredients and, and understanding the energy content. Uh, so we have a lot to learn here. Um, but a very exciting area, and, and I think we're going to see uh, more developments and hopefully more standardization uh, as we move forward over the next decade. Uh, thank you for your time. I appreciate the opportunity to discuss this and hope it generates some, some good conversation and, and uh, look forward to engaging with you further on this topic. Thank you. Hey everyone, we're always searching for the latest and greatest research to share each week. And if you have a poultry nutrition related research trial and would like to come on the show and talk about it and share it with us, feel free to email the research link, uh, the paper where we can find it, or the abstract to hello at wisenetics.com. That's hello at wisenetics.com. And I look forward to hearing from you.